What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Sabres finished off their Central Division road trip, picking up seven out of a possible eight points. A huge success for this team, which coming into this road trip, everybody probably would have been pretty content with only them picking up four points. But instead, the Sabres end up getting revenge on the Winnipeg Jets, winning that game on Thursday night, three to two. Eric Comrie, starting against his old team, made 19 saves for his first win since November 2nd. That picked up the Sabres' fifth straight victory. Sadly, that winning streak came to an end in a shootout loss against the Minnesota Wild on Saturday night. A very, very interesting game in Minnesota, too, with a couple of notable things that had come from that game. For starters, Jack Quinn, that first goal that he had scored, absolutely dominant. He controlled the puck for 10 seconds on his own, skating from the faceoff dot, down the boards to below the red line, back up, top the boards, cuts to the middle, and fires a shot from the slot for a goal. It was gorgeous, and I think it's a further testament to Quinn's budding confidence with the puck on his stick. A really, really great sign to see him scoring a goal like that, because especially with a guy like Quinn, who is so good at finding those high danger areas of the ice and is good at playing a really sound positional game when it comes to being in the offensive zone, to have him on the puck on a stick like that, and honestly scoring a Tage-esque goal with being able to just have complete control and dominance over the play in the offensive zone was very, very exciting to see. Speaking of budding solid young players, Peyton Kraft Krebs had a beautiful secondary assist on Zemgus Gergensen's goal. Krebs showed unbelievable puck control. The guy on his back along the wall, he throws a beautiful pass out to Opozo, who smoothly gets it to Gergensen's for the goal. And again, I, I think that we talked a little bit about Krebs on our last episode and really over this past stretch about how he's embraced this new role on the team. And rather than it being a new role, it's more so a young guy in this league saying, I'm going to do what I have to do to stay in the lineup on a night to night basis. He was pretty firmly a part of that forward rotation there that we've unfortunately had to talk about and deal with here, but through his play and the way that he settled in on this fourth line with, if you want to call it a fourth line with, with Gergensen's and Opozo, it's been amazing to see how he has been really rounding out his defensive game an area that we really, I don't think anybody expected him to become so proficient with when you consider the fact of what a good skater and offensive player that he is. And that really that's where his, his prowess comes from. So really exciting to see there. And I'm very, very excited that, you know, as we're approaching this coming off season, when, when we eventually get there and, and looking ahead to next season where Krebs is going to fit into the mix, because the way that it stands now, you can't keep this, this kind of a guy as your fourth line center, but you can have him as a really good third line center who is very sound defensively and has an offensive pop to his game that not many guys who are classified as defensive centers really have beyond that. Other big notes from the game, too. The top line got broken up, actually, in that Minnesota game in the third period. Jack Quinn, again, as I said, he had a strong game in that one. He and J.J. Paterka both had an oppor- had opportunity skating next to Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck. Jeff Skinner then moved down onto the line with Casey Middlestat and Victor Olsson. And we should also mention, too, that the Sabres in this very tough 
loss against Minnesota, which was a hard fought game. They also played that game though, without Dylan cousins and Matias Samuelson. So a really, really strong effort from that team, picking up a point in a game in which you're missing cousins who, as you had talked about, you know, last episode has probably been the team's best forward, maybe even best overall player over this recent stretch that they've been on here. So Taylor, as I had said before, seven of eight, it could have been eight of eight if UPL didn't go Robin Lander mode in the shootout. But regardless, it was a really, really strong showing from the Sabres. And I think that they showed that they're ready to take this next step right now. So what are some of your takeaways from the Sabres picking up seven of eight points on this Central Division road trip as we are now approaching the All-Star break? Well, we said the bare minimum for the road trip should be four points, which they got right away. And then six points would be a really nice road trip, and eight would have the whole NHL talking. So they didn't quite get there. They got seven out of eight. I think it would have been a different story had they had they won and the, be on a six-game winning streak heading into Carolina before the break. Uh, but, yeah, that's it's a really good trip. Every game was impressive in one way or the other. I, I think, weirdly, they are a pretty close, uh, closely matched team with Minnesota now, which is encouraging because Minnesota is a likely playoff team. Uh yeah, it was. It's really just cool to be, you know, have a Saturday night game. You're missing two of your best players, and just to be into it, like really, really into it. Like this is really meaningful. Almost, it's it's almost a lost feeling for me. Like a second half of the season game that you're really into when it really matters, and whether you get one point or two point is really meaningful, and you kind of hang on on every play and shot and pass and all that. It's nice to be back to that. It's. It's really cool. But yeah, I, I think another thing we should mention is they could have got two points last night if Darlene's, um end of second period goal went in, well, like a hundredth of a second earlier. It was it was so close. So unbelievably close. I, I really thought at first glance that he had that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really did, too. And it's just, man, it was so insanely close. But I, I can't be too mad about it because it's also they play four games in a week again. They've played 15 games in 27 days or 28 days. So exactly four weeks, they played 15 games. That's almost four games every week. It's almost, it's basically a game every other day uh, since the beginning of January. It's It's been a brutal stretch for them, partially because that's just how the NHL is and partially because of the games that got canceled uh, during the blizzard here. So they, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good road trip and it's the kind of game like, it's the least you can be mad about a loss. It take you took it to a shootout. You had one goal that almost should have counted, but it was just so close to counting, but didn't. You have Cousins and Samuelson out, and it's the end of a four game road trip. At the end of another week, where you played four games, that's the least. It's it's hard to be mad about a loss like that. If you're ever going to be mad about a loss, at least it wasn't to someone shitty like Philadelphia or Chicago or something like that. Right. Like Minnesota's a legit playoff team. You're in their building. I think. Uh, Backing up a little bit, though, looking at the the stretch as a whole, this this is something they really need because they screwed mm-hmm. around a little bit in the beginning of the month. They lost games they shouldn't have, like we mentioned, to Philadelphia and Chicago. So this is exactly what they needed was this kind of stretch to to uh, get them right. And uh, I think talking about Cousins and Samuelson, they're obviously going to need him back. Uh, I think they probably will not play against Carolina. And then you have the All-Star break. So you're you'll be coming up to a uh i don't know a week break or so 
Yeah. Yeah. So they have one game on Wednesday. And one thing to mention too, to your point about them screwing around, not only are they, did they have a five game winning streak that unfortunately ended up getting snapped, but they still are in the midst of having seven straight games though, where they're at least walking away with a point. So this time of a year, that's extremely important. They still have games in hand right now. So it's, it's a really good sign to see that they've really, really bounced back after that really tough stretch where, you know, it, it was like the high, Highs and lows have been so intense where you have the Saturday night overtime win against Minnesota. And then you follow that up with a pair of, of tough losses to Philadelphia and Seattle. Then you just run into a really, really hot Connor Helly buck, which is going to happen when you play it against an elite goalie. And, you know, from there, they really have seemed to, to pull it together a bit. And it's been really, really encouraging to see. And so, to conclude this pre-All-Star stretch, the Sabres are going to be playing next on Wednesday at home against Carolina at 7.30. And then they will not take the ice again until the following Saturday, the 11th. That is an afternoon game at home versus the Calgary Flames. So, Taylor, as we're at this point right now in the season, you know, the Sabres, as it stands right now when it comes to points percentage – are in playoff position right now. And I, I think really from here on out, I, I mean, do you feel as though if they, uh, let me, let me rephrase this to what degree is it a failure for this team to not make the playoffs? Should they not get there by the end of the year? I know a lot of games are left that we have a lot of time left. We're, we're just getting into February. Now you have three more months worth of games here this is a very young team. This is a team that is still, I think, in the, I think, final stages of really kind of finding its identity right now. They're getting their footing. They're going through a lot of these learning curves that we see a lot of young teams go through, but they're also doing a lot of things that are exceeding expectations right now. So are you at a point where you feel as though if they don't make the playoffs, that this year is deemed a failure or does it really only get to that point of being deemed a failure if they just completely tail out and end up having like a bottom 10 finish? Yeah. I think looking at the season overall, like zooming out, you can't say it's a failure if they don't make the playoffs. Like what we wanted before the season was mm -hmm. a season where you had points in like the eighties. With that being said, expectations have changed a little bit. Sure. They've been, <clears throat> good enough and being in in a playoff spot at this point in the season it means that you can make the playoffs and that means something for the deadline but it also means something for what fans will and should expect mm -hmm. like we haven't made the playoffs in 11 years now it's not just that that obviously uh, it'd be great to just play in the playoffs for that reason alone but i think what annoys me a little bit is the idea that like oh just be patient just wait just wait and i i there's different ways to rebuild but i think that you are almost are like rebuilt now. And now uh, you got to start thinking about two things. First of all, windows don't last forever. Yep. They don't like you got to take advantage of the seasons when you're good, when you're good. And I think we all know that making the playoffs once losing and learning something about it, it helps everyone that wins the Stanley cup. Everyone loses. They almost everyone loses to uh too long of a degree. It feels like they, they lose right. in years where they shouldn't. So look at Colorado, Colorado lost in the second round twice, two years in a row where they really shouldn't have. Then last year they went Tampa. Good Lord. They we Tampa know there. Lord. We know there. Yeah, exactly. But even before that, the blues, the blues lost for years in the second round and once in the conference finals before winning the capitals, 
Good Lord. The 16 and 17 Penguins, they had done a ton of losing. But even you go back to the 09 Penguins, they had lost a cup the year before. So it's really important to get to the playoffs to lose. So you're going to have to do that eventually. You might as well do it sooner. And also, this team is very young, but, you know, the first line isn't. And the first line has carried this team a lot this year. It's a great line. I think, honestly, as, as a three-man unit, I can't think of a better line since the French Connection and Sabres history. Yeah. I know LaFontaine and McGillney played together, but I couldn't actually tell you who the third person on their line was now that I think about it. So it's either not, the best. I will line. not take this Danny Briere, JP Dumont, and Jochen Hesch erasure. We will not wow. take it. Well, we you know what? It. I I think these guys are better. I know. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Even though, you know, I'm a big hash head. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> You've been saying it for years. Everybody's been saying it. Taylor's the biggest hash head out there. Yeah. Love you, Jochen. But <laughs> yeah, this line's not that young. Jeff Skinner is in his early 30s, I believe. Tage is relatively young. He's at 24, 25, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Tuck is also in that 25 range. These guys are like ready to go. They're ready to, this is their time, especially Skinner. Good Lord. I think he's played the most games in NHL history without playing a playoff game. Get this poor guy in the playoffs. That's, so that's one thing. The other mm-hmm. thing is, like I mentioned with a limited window, like things, these things are always fleeting. One of the things that I'll never forget, it's always annoyed me, uh, is the Nationals in 2012 for baseball team for those that aren't fans. Uh, they, you might remember this. They had this weird innings limit on Steven Strasburg, mm-hmm. and weirdly, they didn't um, pace it at all, so he'd be able to play in the playoffs. They were really good. But it was their first year being good. Everyone knew they were young. Bryce Harper was young. Strasburg was young, and they didn't use him in the playoffs because they're like, "Well, innings limit, it matters." You know, he was coming back from an injury, so sorry. And they didn't win. They could have. I think they could have won the World Series that year. They yeah. didn't. Now, eventually, they did win the World Series, and he was the MVP, and that's great. It was seven years later, but. It looked there for a while, like the Nationals completely wasted that window. And you don't you don't waste a year when you're good. The Sabres aren't going to win the Stanley Cup this year. And in fact, if they make the playoffs, they have a really good chance of playing the Bruins, one of the best regular season teams ever. That They would not be remotely favored in that series. They, it'd be kind of an upset if it got to six games. But getting there would be something. And then you build on that next year. You can build on this too, but it's just, I don't know. These fans deserve something. There's the weirdos like us that really paid attention to the Sabres in the darkest of times doing podcasts during a 17 or 18 game losing streak a couple years ago. Ugh. I think we all deserve something nice. I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. I, I, and to the initial question too, that I had asked, I, I completely agree. I don't think that with the way that things have gone so far, how they seem to be trending, that there's really any scenario where you can look at this season as a failure, even if they do end up missing the playoffs, even if they end up being about a 500 team or so, I think that's still a big success. But to your point, though, timelines change. Uh, how do you want to put it? Uh, development tracks change, evolve, and you need to evolve expectations with that. And so, you know, now with the Sabres, they sit at 26, 19 and four for 56 points in 49 games. That puts them at a 571 points percentage. Really, really great. I think something at this point that we could say doesn't mean that the season is a failure, but something I think that would be of a bit of, let, of a letdown if they finish below 500, for example. I think with where we are right now. Letdown. Yeah. Right. And I think that also just speaks to, and we don't have to get into it because I know you and I, we've talked about this to some degree, almost every episode, and there's going to be plenty of time to talk about it as we approach March 3rd. But a lot of this is going to come down to Adams here too. Like the expectations are there now. And 
it's on him at this point to show what kind of GM he is. The Eichel trade obviously has worked out extremely, extremely well for the Sabres. Very, very well to the point that I think Tuck has blown away people's expectations of what we thought he was going to be and what he actually has turned out to be. The Reinhardt trade. Jury is still out on that. Obviously being able to walk away with a guy like Coolidge is huge. Devin Levi seems very promising. We'll see. But again, that was betting on futures. Same thing, similar with the Eichel trade. You get that first round pick. You get Peyton Krebs, which is was the centerpiece of that deal at the time. And you get a younger player in Tuck. Tuck is a little bit more established, but you get the point. The Ristolainen trade, again, another trade that's for futures. And so now we're at this point here where it's fair to say that there was probably a lot of Ralph Kruger influence involved, but the guys that he has brought in that haven't been on these futures kind of moves haven't exactly been stellar. Uh, and that goes across the board. Um, and so now what I'm, I'm really curious about, and like I said, don't need to get too much further into it here unless, you know, you have anything you'd like to add, but this upcoming trade deadline is going to be a real test for Kevin Adams to see not only what he thinks of this team in terms of going out and the, the level of move that he ends up making to try and supplement this roster, because I don't think anybody looks at this team right now and says, yep, we're good. We don't need to make any improvements or anything like that. That's it's just a fallacy, but what Adams does will not only show us the degree to which he wants to be all in on making the playoffs this year, but it's also just going to give us an idea of who he's going to identify as being a key piece that's going to be a needle mover for this team. Like, is he going to maybe get somebody who could be like a competent bottom six guy who can add a little bit of an additional scoring punch for you? Or is he going to take a big swing on a guy? You know, I think the, that San Jose is kind of the perfect indicator for this where you know, on the one hand, if you want to take the big swing, you go after a guy like Timo Meyer. But I've seen other people also suggesting uh, a guy like Kevin LeBlanc for that kind of secondary scoring punch that you can look for. So that's what's really interesting, at least for me coming up here, is, is really what he, where he thinks this team is. Because the status of things is going to be the same now as it is going to be this summer, where we just have too many prospects right now that not all of these guys are going to end up getting deals. So Oh my God. We'll keep this in the episode. I'm getting a call from Yvonne right now. How fun is that? Oh, wow. Uh, well, I'm going to Yvonne, if you're listening to this episode, just know I'm going to call you immediately at the conclusion of us recording right now. Anyways, though. Um, but yeah, it, cause then it gets down to this summer. Like we haven't seen Adams make a move like this yet. And for lack of a better way of putting it, I want to see if he has the stones to to make this move now. And if we have to wait until the summer when it happens, how big of a swing is he going to take? And because that's the thing, when it comes to making a move like how they were with Eichel or with Reinhardt, you're trying to maximize the value you're getting in return. And again, as I had said before, in, in both of those instances and the same with Ristolainen, it was for futures here. Now, we're at a point where is he ready to take that big swing? I mean, this is a huge, this is bigger than the Eichel and Reinhardt trades for me, at least like this upcoming off season, how he approaches this. Cause again, 
it was especially the case this year, but they still pretty much did it anyways, where it's like, you cannot run the same team back. You right. Get away with it a little bit more this year because you had younger, you had power, you had Quinn, you had Paterka getting inserted into this lineup on an everyday basis. Same thing with even Samuelson, if we're being honest too. Next year, the expectations are just so different. So, so, so different. And even now the expectations are different than what they were at the start of this year. And so Kevin Adams, like, show us what you're made of here. You know, I'd love for him to make a big move at the deadline. If he doesn't, I'm going to understand, but they need multiple, I would say significant moves to happen ahead of the 2023, 2024 season, because expectations for next year are going to be drastically different than what they are right now. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Basically, regardless of how the season ends, you're going to want the the expectations are going to be playoffs next year, which is what we've been saying for a while. It was realistic to expect uh, them to be ready to be a playoff team by 2024. So the moves are going to have to come one way or another. I don't think people are going to really want Comrie back unless the end of the season is something really interesting from him. You don't necessarily um, have to have someone like Meyer. You don't have to have that huge of a trade. But you could have, I don't know, you have to have some kind of move. You have to yeah. go into next season going like, even if there are injuries and even if we're some guys slump a little bit, we, we have to be ready to still be a playoff team. Yep. So like, for example, you can't go into the season being like, oh yeah, uh, we're, we're, our third pairing is Bryson and Lipshushkin. Um, um, Things like that. You know what I mean? So like, you, you can't just go into a season next year and be like, oh yeah, we have guy you need to be solidified in all four lines and then you also need to decide what you're going to do with like oposo and gergantons and stuff like that but yeah to, to your point expectations i think you're going to be playoffs regardless yeah and that directly coincides again with what adams is going to do here and so <clears throat> I, yeah i mean because that's the thing too as we're saying with like expectations evolving throughout the season i'm almost getting to the point where I don't think that Adams can sit on his hands at the deadline. Like maybe Meyer or Chekrin, if you want to call it unrealistic, whatever. But like, I don't know if it necessarily is like we haven't been to the playoffs in over a decade. And I get it that we're taking this slow build approach, but to your point that you had kind of alluded to before, what if we're already kind of at the end of the line of the slow burn and now it's time to go. Yeah. It and seems so like it, is. It, it and it feels like with each passing win at this stage of the game, and as February goes on and on, I think that the pressure is going to be on him a little bit more and more to make one of these moves because you, at some point, you're going to have to end this drought. You can't keep keep putting it off. And I know we we've to to your point, we've been saying for what Taylor probably three years, 2023, 2024 is the year. Like next season is the one playoffs are bust if they don't make the playoffs next year next year is a failure full stop obviously yeah. that is taking it not taking into consideration things like injuries and whatnot but like that is the expectation so at this point you're you're in this spot where it's in striking distance it's within your grasp like you are firmly in the mix with a little bit more than than 30 games to go 33 games to go it's exciting it's, an exciting it's so time. Ex- well, and that's the thing is that it's it's so exciting and it's like I just don't want them to 
miss out on this because he's sitting on his hands. Also, the other side of it, too, I get it that people have been saying, oh, it's really hard to trade right now, calf, money, going in, whatever. Two points to that. There's no team better equipped to be operating in a situation like that than the Buffalo Sabres. Two, whether it's Meyer, whether it's Chekrin, or whatever big move is to be made out there, they need to be the ones to do it first. Like somebody is going to have to be a part of the move that's kind of like the first domino to fall, so to speak. If you are the most equipped team to do that, I would aggressively be on the phone with San Jose or with Arizona to try and get this over the line because you don't want to be sitting there and LA or somebody else swoops in and or, or whoever and makes this move before we do. I mean, that's a real risk that we have here. Like, yeah, things are hard to move right now, but like, it's not always going to be like that. And other teams are probably working behind the scenes to do the exact same thing. I don't want it to be, oh, well, we didn't feel like it made sense at the time or this or that. Like, no, you need to go out there and take the moment. And it's sitting there right in front of you. And a guy like Meyer or a guy like Chekrin, that like far and away takes you up a notch. It, it it takes you to it, it takes you from being a playoff hopeful maybe we can do this now to being at the point where that is the expectation it, it goes from a hope to an expectation with one of those moves and this team is ready to be at that point you have seven or eight centers or excuse me seven or eight forwards we could call it probably eight comfortably of the current 12 that we know we want to be here next year. Three of your defensemen are already here too. The team is there. The structure is there. You got to figure out something with goaltending potentially. We'll see what ends up happening with UPL, if he can hack it or if they're going to need to make an upgrade in the off season, we'll see, but it's there for the taking. Like this team is ready. We're not at the beginning of this rebuild. We aren't just starting. This has been a couple of years of this now and you've been fostering this growth, this development. We're at the end of the line now, I think. At, at the end of the 2022-2023 season, the rebuild's over. Even now we could say it. Like, the rebuild is done. Like, you are, you have done that part already now. Yeah, now it's the time. Yeah, now it's time. Add the pieces. Go get over the finish line. All right, sir. Do we want to hear some words from our sponsors? I would love to. All right, one second. Before I get to that, I was just going to say I, I heard the television in the background because the AFC Championship game is going on right now, and uh, just some a couple of things that happened when we were talking. Andy Reid punted or chose to punt. He didn't actually do the punting at fourth and eight on Cincinnati's thirty-seven. Really? Yeah. What do we got now? It's 2020. Hold on. I can, I can 40 kind of seconds see left. Yeah. It looks like Burrow just got sacked. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, we'll keep you updated on that. Um, in the meantime, would you like to hear from uh, an exciting uh, sponsor of ours? Oh my God. Taylor. What am I saying? You don't have to ask me. You need to prepare our audience for this 
monumental news. An old friend has returned, folks. He's seen Tage Thompson. He has seen the light. And our boy Ray J is back in the fold. Raycon earbuds, baby. Yes, sir. All right, folks. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good. Most of the time, pretty unrealistic. Folks, I said I might lose 50 pounds this year. I lied. <laughs> uh, I'm not giving up on losing, like, I don't know, 12 pounds, but I don't think the 50 is happening, to be honest. And also, said I was going to save money in January. Good Lord. Just, uh, I'm the real George Santos of my real life. Anyway, I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't want to have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change, but it's something you use every day. Like my Raycons. These are wireless earbuds, of course. Raycon is a premium audio brand, the perfect price point. So you can build great habits without breaking the bank. So what I like to do, you know, this time of year, it's tough to go outside. It's tough to go on a walk in Buffalo. It's cold. It's been snowing more. Like, hopefully we're six weeks away from that kind of changing. But uh, right now it sucks. So if I like to get up and be active, I go to the gym, maybe where my Raycon's obviously there, but also sometimes a simple thing you could do to be up on your feet and be productive is to do the dishes. If you have a dishwasher, um, go to hell. You <laughs> Privileged, privileged people with dishwashers. In my house, I am the dishwasher. Listen, man, sometimes <laughs> people specifically move into places because they know they have a dishwasher, okay? No, I thought it was so good you'd have a dog, but well, that is, that was would like to hear one. that. He's a uh, second place to a dishwasher. No, dishwasher's number two. Ziggy's number one. Come on. Yeah. But yeah, obviously, once it gets nice out again, I'll be taking uh, my Raycons out for a nice walk. So whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that'll last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one with each, a pair and a spare, and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. So that's that's something to think about. It's really easy to lose wireless uh, headphones, to be honest. Even if you know you love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. So here's a couple of things that you can get out of your Raycons. Three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, Custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit. Crystal clear call quality. Water and sweat resistant. That's important if you're going to go to the gym or run or whatever. Or if you're just a sweaty guy in general. We all know that sweaty guy. You know, the, 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 the Luke Void of our lives. Anyway, eight everyday earbuds or 11. Or sorry, the everyday earbuds have eight hours of playtime. And the everyday speaker has 11 hours when they're fully charged. So ready to buy something small with a big impact, go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. The next ad is for the football game that's going on right now, which I'm watching. No, so are, are you watching that at all, Brendan, right now? Not or? at the present moment, no. And I'm in my hotel room The Chiefs room right got now. the ball back while I was reading that. Oh, they got the ball. Hear- They're on the Cincinnati 47 right now. Yeah, I, I can hear Tony Romo yelling. That's why I got up again. What right, happened? So, uh, it looks like, oh, the, the Bengals had to punt. Interesting. Wow. Burrow got sacked again. Wow. That's okay. That's the sack I was talking about. That ended up being a big sack because they had to punt. Uh, So now 
Uh, should we get up and announce this for the folks? <laughs> I'm gonna pick up my laptop real quick. Yeah. So I can I can let you and I can let you know what's going on, and everyone else can relive this tomorrow. Yeah, I'm gonna turn around my TV and try and see if I can find this. Oh, that looks like a late hit on Mahomes. Is what happened. He's Mahomes was running out of bounds and got hit behind. So Eli Apple earlier, our our good friend, had a um a very stupid holding penalty, but it didn't end up mattering because the Chiefs punted. And it looks like this Bengals guy's hurt. So. Are we going to see a field goal? What are we going to see here? I don't know. Okay, Harrison Bucker's out for a field goal, so. Oof. Or we could be going to overtime for the second year in a row in this game. What What channel is it on, Taylor? CBS. Okay, eight seconds left. Huh, kind of early for a field goal. But whatever. Oh, here we go. All right, I got her up. Wait, oh, okay, 45-yard attempt here, eight seconds left. Yeah, there must have been something with the penalty. That must have been a penalty of some kind. It had to. All right, here we go. Eight seconds for the win, and it's good. Wow. It's good. Three seconds left. Yeah. Maybe we get a – Before it happens, odds Cincinnati uh, does the thing here. Nah, that's not happening. Yeah. You can only really score in the situation if you lateral it forward and uh, replays too good these days. So go Eagles. Oh, hell yeah. Go Eagles. Yeah. Definitely. Like to mention that last week. uh, So Joe Burrow is what? Five and two in the playoffs now since they're about to lose this. Yeah. Uh, Or six and two, five and two, five and two. Uh, The Bills game was the only game he won without a late turnover. Without the benefit of his defense coming up with a late turnover. Wow. True story. Anyway, dropping knowledge on the Sabres podcast. Let's go. Yeah, I'm not bitter. You're bitter, actually. Uh, yes, I am. I will gladly admit it. <laughs> I will not play along with your gag. I'm very bitter. Yeah. Okay. Wow, folks, how about this? Our next sponsor is DraftKings. We have an NBA one. Oh, NBA fans. Wait, wait. Oh. Sorry, doesn't say it. I'm just reading the script. You're saying NBA. You had the opportunity to do a basketball one. And you're going to deny our listeners everybody's favorite I'll go against our overlords at DraftKings, the copywriter that wrote this, and I'll say, (laughs) Hoops fans! Yes! It's time to bring to the Hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook today, opt in, and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. So this is the part where I'm supposed to talk about an upcoming game. And you know what? You know who I'd like to bet against? Uh, the Chicago Bulls, who have been playing uh, some real bozo behavior. Here's what I would do, since I see that they're winning at halftime a lot. Bet against them at the half. Okay. I'm sick of getting notifications like, oh, they're up 11 at half. That's nice. Oh, they lost by 13. Great. So... That's my uh, advice for you. And again, like I say, never listen to my advice. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. New customers can bet just $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Suck responsible Ohio. gambling resources. Yeah, what the hell? Why is this void in Ohio? What'd you do, J.D. Vance? Unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, 
folks, our third sponsor. The reason we're putting it on third is because we actually the have to talk three. about it. Yeah. The big three. Yeah. So it's, as you might know, a thin man brewery, two convenient locations in Western New York. We didn't, we didn't even talk about the event. I that's what I, that's why I wanted yeah. to do this third. Yeah. Uh, two convenient locations, Elmwood Avenue and Chandler Street. They've had a bunch of interesting stuff happen lately that we've been reading these ads, different beers, releases, events. Here's something that they want to say this time. One, the official position of Thin Man Brewery is that Tage Thompson is American Lemieux. Yep. And also that the Sabres are going to make the playoffs. I love it. Should we yeah. only refer to Tage from here on out as American Lemieux? Yes. Good. Until the point where he surpasses Lemieux. Perfect. So, so what, probably like December of next season? Probably somewhere around there. Yeah. You mean in career points? Yes. Because he's probably, probably going to easily surpass him in career games played. Yeah. We love it. We love it. Yeah. Anyways. So that's that's. there's not too much else to plug with in, man. They still have great beer. So stop in there, get your four-pack, get you hang out with friends, get some food, trivia, all that great stuff. And now let's talk about our event uh, that we had last Wednesday, our first ever Buffalo Sports Trivia Night. It was just a fantastic time, start to finish. First and foremost, on behalf of both Taylor and myself, huge, huge thank you to everybody who came out. We both were admittedly a little nervous. You know, you just never know. It's our first live event like that, but it was fantastic. It blew us away. Like, awesome turnout. Congratulations to Eichel Sucks, very creative team name uh, on winning. We also had Taro Tusamoto. They came in second place. The workhorses from Whitehorse came in third. Had some really, really quality names, I must say. How many teams altogether did we must we, we had? Probably like 12. 12. It was 12, 12 teams, teams yeah. varying too. Like some teams had up to like six people on a team, which was really great. There was a few of those teams. So it was great. We we just had an absolute blast, and everybody was so animated, so into it, having so much fun. People were asking about when the next one is. Can we can, can we tell everybody that we we finalized our our next one for the date at least? We don't have like a flyer or anything yet, but we know the day. It'll be March twenty second. March twenty second. It's going to be so. Again, a huge thank you to everyone who came out. If you didn't make it out or you didn't, you want to come back again. Mark your calendars, March 22nd. It's going to be a great, great time. We are beyond excited. And then secondly, we got to give a huge thank you to Thin Man too. Of course, they're our sponsor and they pay us to say nice things about them. But I would say nice things about Thin Man for free any day of the week. They are just the best. I, Taylor and I both are obviously, you know, Yvonne is a, is a good pal. Cam over there too has, has been great. And, you know, we're both very grateful to be able to work with a couple of, of fellows who are just as, as cool of dudes as those two. Um, and, and again, just a, an entity as cool as thin man. So from top to bottom, I mean, everybody there from, from those guys to the bar managers and staff, waiters, waitresses, what have you, everybody there. It, it, it's just a really, really stand up crew. And it's always nice, you know, I think about our boy Ray J like this, that when you can <laughs> read sponsorships for, for people who are very good friends, like how Ray J is our very, very good friend, cannot stress that enough, that enough. It just makes you feel good about, uh, you know, the people that you're working alongside. And we have some other really cool stuff too, that we're working on in the background right now with thin man that we're really excited to announce, you know, over this last stretch of the season here. And I bet we'll probably be doing some stuff with them over the summer too. So it's going to be really great. We're, we're really hyped about it. It's a great partnership, great people at thin man, great times over there. Make sure no matter where, 
uh, or no matter what location, whether it's Elmwood or, or Chandler, you're making your way over there and 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 giving them uh giving them your business because they are fantastic. And make sure you get over there before March 22nd, but especially make sure you're there on March 22nd. Absolutely, it was a great time. Uh, we had like 50 people there. I would say that were playing trivia. Some yeah. some really impressive polls because I think some of the questions I didn't realize till we got there, but some of the questions are really hard. Um, some really funny, creative, wrong answers, which is something we might in- incorporate next time. And uh, yeah, this this one was pretty basic in terms of the questions, except like I said, some of them were hard, but the categories were just all Bill Savers and then one miscellaneous Buffalo sports. Who knows? Maybe we'll have some more fun with a miscellaneous category next time. Yeah. Well, and I was even thinking a really, I was even thinking a cool thing we can do too, even if we wanted to explore other areas for the categories. Like what if we did like 05 to 07 Sabres? as like its own category instead of doing kind of like the bigger picture ones for like the bills, you could do like a drought era bills category or a post drought era bills category. There's just so much we could do with it. We could do quarterbacks, bills, quarterbacks, and it can be only stuff about like their careers before they came to the bills, things like that. I'm, oh, I'm that's an interesting one. Well, let's not take too many categories. People are going to be studying. Um, I got to say though, the, good. <laughs> what was the winning team's name again? Eichel sucks. Eichel sucks. Yes. Uh, Eichel sucks was, uh, they were They're fantastic. Yeah. They, were they, they, got, they had a perfect round. So they won your signed Rob Ray stick. The only team to have a perfect round. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Only happened sure. once though. Yes. Yeah. True. So if you want to come next time, we'll have prizes. If you can get a perfect round, it's yeah. It's on top easy. of the prizes for like the overall winners. Yeah. We have yeah. Uh, perfect round prizes as well. Absolutely. Signed stuff. For sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah, very, very uh fun evening overall. It was a good time. Had some fantastic thin man wings. Ooh, oh, oh yeah. glad I brought that up. Okay. So I before we go now, um something we talked about forever ago was doing a chicken sandwich episode. We didn't end up doing it for various reasons, mostly because it doesn't really make sense in an audio format. Right. Um, but we decided to do this thing where we would when we had a chicken sandwich at a local establishment, if it's like say I I have one, I say the chicken sandwich is is good. It it qualifies. It passes the test. That makes it straight up Sabres certified. And if Brendan goes to that same place and agrees, it goes to the straight up Sabres Hall of Fame. Right now, Thin Man, before they were our sponsor, they were the first one to be straight up Sabres certified. So I'd like to certify two more yeah. chicken sandwiches. What do we got? First is Mr. Sizzles. You probably didn't need me to tell you that. Mr. Sizzles. Yeah. Put her in the sandwich. Hall of Fame. And you've added two? Oh, yeah. And Thin Man. They both, I mean, yes. The Mr. Sizzles one's crazy. Which one did you have? Uh, I do not remember what it's called. Okay. Well, <laughs> but it was what, very good. Was it like the, was it like a Buffalo chicken one? Yeah. Yeah. The Buffalo chicken. One. Okay. Yeah. That. So Mr. Sizzles and Thin Man are in the hall of fame. Wow. And the other one I had is 40 thieves. I had that Friday night. 40 thieves on top of that sandwich being great and also being deserving their nachos belong in the hall of fame as well. They have some, some pretty world-class bar nachos. If I do say so myself. And nice. I say that having it like comparatively to like the many insanely good Mexican joints there are throughout Buffalo. As far as the non-Mexican joints go, 40 Thieves Nachos can run with the best of them for sure. But that's really Never cool. Okay. I like it. We should, uh, we got to find somewhere else then to keep adding the list. If you're listening right now and you live somewhere or near somewhere, like going somewhere uh, that's known for a good chicken sandwich, Tweet at us at Straight Sabers. Give us that rack, or you could comment on our uh, on our Instagram. We'd love to hear where where you're getting your chicken sandwiches from these days, everybody. 
Absolutely, yeah. Something yeah, we'd love, I'd love to try all of them. Oh, yes. All the chicken sandwiches in existence. Absolutely. Taylor, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share before we sign off? Um, Not really. I no. do. First of all, it's an abomination that Rasmus Dahlin isn't an all-star. Like, let's just well, get I think we'll have you. a full convo on that since we want to That'll be Wednesday. Yeah. The other thing is just, you know, congratulations to Kansas City on winning the Adversity Olympics against Cincinnati. Two teams that were clear juggernauts that somehow were still trying to find ways to make them feel disrespected throughout the league. Really, really unbelievable stuff there. It's it's Hall of Fame bulletin board material stuff that we've seen from these two teams this past week. Needless to say, thank God it's over. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. Shout Go out to Eagles. Uh, Yvonne has got to be uh, also a, even more so than us, a temporary Eagles fan. Is His lovely wife, Amanda, is an Eagles fan. Yeah, that's amazing. All right. Well, all the more reason to root for them. Yeah, well, everybody, to hell, Andy Reid, you moron. Punting. <laughs> I, I can't stand that kind of thing getting rewarded. Like McDermott, when he's had his kind of dumb moments this year mm-hmm. in the 2020 AFC Championship game, the Bills have lost. I can't stand – they got rewarded. He punted from no, the 37. Inexcusable. Uh, Inexcusable. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. But you know what? Got to give credit to Kansas City's D-line. They actually really got after Burrow. Unlike yeah. another team's D-line I could name. Yeah. How How does Frazier still have a job? And Dorsey, for that matter. Come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> what are we doing here? Oh, well. All right. Well, anyways, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode. Make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows and follow them on social media as well. Again, that would be the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. You can also follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Straight Up Sabres, Straight Sabres on Twitter. And wherever you're listening right now, make sure you are either subscribed or following us straight up sabers and leave us a nice little rating or review we would very very much appreciate it last but not least the big three of our wonderful sponsors raycon headphones again make sure you are checking them out picking up those headphones taking advantage of the great deal there same thing goes for DraftKings. use that promo code thpn at checkout take advantage of great deals all you hoops fans out there and of course thin man brewery again make sure you're following thin man on social make your way over there this week at some point or this weekend grab a drink dinner whatever it may be thin man is the spot for you we'll be back with a brand new episode on thursday detailing the sabers matchup on wednesday against the hurricanes we'll talk to you then everybody this has been straight up sabers